Yes. Charlie Parker's Scrapple from the Apple, one of my all-time favorite tunes. Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's that time. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. What do you think? It's my new tagline. It may not be as flashy, or some might say cheesy, as turn off your eyes and turn on your ears, but it's still the core of my entire teaching learning philosophy. Allow me to take just a second to explain. Technology is good, right? However, I believe we have gone completely bonkers with videos, as if all knowledge is best processed through our eyes. That's interesting especially when considering music is an oral art form. We take it in through the ears. But with the arrival of the video age, I believe we've lost the art of simply listening and thinking. I remember as a kid, this is, I'm gonna date myself here, right? I'm going, a kid back in the 1960s. I remember in school, we had these books and the books were titled, Think and Do. Perfect, right? Think and Do. In fact, you can go out and Google that right now. Uh, Think and Do books, and you'll see. You'll, you'll, they'll pull up, go to the images, and you'll see pictures of these books. And, and they're classic 1960-looking books. But the title's absolutely perfect. Think first, then do. We've gotten to the point now where we just don't want to think. Let's just do it. Forget the thinking. Let's just do. This is the whole point of my podcast. I want you to get back to experiencing, for some of you, actually experiencing for the first time, an authentic educational process. And what is an authentic educational process? It's when we discover, learn, and play. See where my tagline's coming in now? We get introduced to new information, awareness. That's the discover process. We then study that information, assimilation. We think, we learn, and then we apply the information, application. We do. We discover, learn, and play. So now, when you hear my tagline, my new tagline, discover, learn, and play, you now know that it's not some catchy little marketing phrase. It's actually, it actually encapsulates an authentic educational process. And it subtly says, turn off your eyes and turn on your ears. So needless to say, I'm excited. I think discover, learn, and play is perfect. I think it embodies the whole idea I had behind turn off your eyes and turn on your ears. And so let's go with it for a while. If you have any suggestions, ideas, please let me know. So let's discover, learn, and play. Let's dive into altered dominant voicings. Last week, we looked at the altered dominant scales. So I thought it would be a nice follow-up to look at 
the harmonic structures, how do we voice, how do we play those chords that represent those altered sounds. And just like last week, I made it a point to uh, express that some of you may already already know this information and may feel that, oh, well, this is, this is too easy for me. And if that's the case, fantastic. Congratulations. I would encourage you to go ahead and listen to the podcast because I may be presenting the information in, in a new way, uh, shining a new light on it in such a way that you'll find, uh, find it to be beneficial and find new ways to actually apply the voicings in your own playing. And again, some of you may think that, whoa, uh, way too complicated. I'm not even sure what he's talking about. Uh, I think think I'll uh, move on. I would encourage you not to do that. Uh, Take a second and just sit back and and listen to the podcast. Uh, You'll get introduced to these voicings, and I think you might be surprised how how you follow right along and uh, will have enough information at the end of the podcast to begin practicing uh, the voicings and incorporating them into your playing as well. So again, regardless, whether you think it's too easy, you think it's too hard, uh, relax and listen. You're going to learn something. I guarantee it. So last week, I introduced five dominant sounds. If you remember, just a real quick summary, the pure dominant. Then we looked at the dominant sharp 11, the dominant flat 13, the dominant flat 9, flat 13, and what we call the fully altered dominant, the dominant that incorporates a flat nine, sharp nine, flat five, and sharp five. I went through each one of those scales, uh, the scales for each one of those sounds, and uh, literally explained where those sounds come from. Remember the holy trinity of music, the three scales, major scale, harmonic minor scale, melodic minor scale. I also gave you the proper mode name, the academic name for each one of those sounds. Not because you need to know them in order to play them. I just wanted you to have an understanding where those sounds come from. That they're just, they're legitimate sounds. That a musician did not make them up. That music actually provides those sounds. Our tuning system provides those sounds to us. So today we're going to look at those exact same sounds are pure, sharp 11, flat 13, flat 9, flat 13, and fully altered dominant sounds, but we're going to look at them from a voicing perspective. So let's jump in. Today we're looking at two-handed voicings. So we're going to use our left hand and our right hand to play these dominant sounds. Now, voicings can get very complicated, very confusing, very quickly. Like fishing line, it can get tangled up. You can get so tangled up when studying voicings that you don't know whether you're coming or going. So the very first thing I want to provide you today is a simple rule that I utilize when I'm playing and when I'm exploring uh, voicings. My voicings consist of five notes. I play two notes in the left hand. I play three notes in the right hand. This formula allows me to be consistent throughout all of my sounds. Major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished. 
and altered sounds as well. So two in the left, three in the right. For example, C dominant, pure, pure C dominant. I am going to play the third and the seventh in my left hand, or the E and the B flat. And in my right hand, I'm gonna start with my thumb on E, the third, and then I'm going to move in fourths up to an A and then up to a D. So I have the third and seventh, the E and B flat in my left hand, and I have E, A, D in my right hand. Two in the left, three in the right. And here's what they sound like when played together. Very nice. Now, if I put a bass down, if I just play the root like a, a C down in the, in the basement on the piano, and now come up and hit that voicing, you can kind of get the full sound, the beauty of that voicing. Another option that I use for pure dominant is I play the seventh and the third in the left hand. In, in other words, I'm inverting the third and the seventh. Instead of E and B flat, now I'm gonna play B flat and E. Okay, so B flat is in my little finger. I have an E in my index. And now in my right hand, I'm gonna play three notes. I'm gonna play, start with my thumb on A, then move in fourths again, D and G. So I got two in the left, three in the right. I'm gonna play them together. Nice. Let me put the root down in the basement. Come up and hit that voicing. Beautiful. So my first option, third and seventh in the left hand. Second option, seventh and third. Those are just really clean, really beautiful, pure C dominant voicings. Now, let me pull an ensemble in and let me play these voicings in a musical context with a group, with bass, drums, guitar, so you can really hear what these voicings for pure dominance sound like. I'm going to um, be playing a two-five-one progression. So I'm gonna be playing in the key of F. I'm gonna be playing a G minor seven, my two chord, followed by the C dominant voicing, then followed, of course, with the one chord, the F major. So we're actually hearing these voicings within the context of the classic two, five, one progression. Okay, so here we go. right? Really clean, really beautiful voicings. You cannot go wrong with either one of those options when playing. In fact, I hope you picked up on, on, on the fact that I was using both of those options 
while playing, going back and forth. Now that we've covered the pure dominant, let's get into our altered dominant voicings. And to do this, I'm going to use what is commonly referred to as a polychord approach. Polychord simply meaning we're going to place one chord on top of another chord in order to get to or produce the desired sound. So, for our first altered dominant, C dominant, sharp 11. We are going to apply a polychord approach. We are going to play a D major triad in our right hand. D major triad. And we're going to put our third and seventh in our left hand, our E and our B flat. Wow, what a sound, right? Let me play C in the bass again. How do you like that? It's beautiful. Did you notice? Two in the left, three in the right. Even when we apply a polychord approach, we can remain true and consistent with our formula of two notes in the left hand, three notes in the right hand. And we can now generate a few options for voicing, for playing C dominant seven sharp 11 by utilizing inversions of the triad. Remember inversions? I did a podcast on the importance of inversions several weeks ago. So if we take our D major triad, here it is in root position. Here's D major triad in first inversion with the D on the top. And now D major triad in second inversion with the D in the middle. So we have root position, first inversion, second inversion. I'm gonna put my third and seventh in the left hand. move through those inversions. Now I can also invert that third and seventh in the left hand to be seven, the seventh in the third. So I get something like this. Let me put C in the bass so you can hear it. One more time. sound. So let's listen to these voicing options for C7 sharp 11 in a musical context. So let's bring the ensemble back in. Let's bring in our drummer, bass, guitar, and let's listen to the C7 sharp 11 sound. Is that sound right? 
you may, uh, you know, it's interesting. It may be, depending on where you are in your playing, it may sound a little harsh at first, but your ears, the more you play the sound, and of course, utilizing a good voicing, uh, your ears will adapt and adopt the sound rather quickly. It's beautiful. C7 sharp 11. Okay, now our next dominant, altered dominant sound. C dominant 7 flat 13. So now I want to take, again, a polychord approach. We're going to play a C augmented triad in our right hand. C, E, G sharp. So there's our C augmented triad. We want to be able to play that triad in inverted shapes as well. All right, so we have three options there. Root position, first inversion, second inversion. We're going to put our C dominant in the left hand, the third and the seventh of C dominant, E and B flat. And now we're going to put our C augmented triad in the right hand. We now have a C dominant 7 flat 13. Let me play the, the root of C dominant here in the bass. And now let me play my five note voicing. I have two in the left, I have three in the right. Here it is again. Just beautiful. Now, invert the triad. What a sound. So now let's bring our ensemble back in and listen to the C dominant 7 flat 13 placed in a musical context. Again, I'm playing two notes in the left, three notes in the right. I'm playing the third and seventh of my left hand. I'm playing a C augmented triad in my right hand. Let's take a listen. sound. Just beautiful. It's so funny, man. I'm going to say that about every one of these because they are. They just, it's like a feast for the ears. Such color, such beauty. And again, you hear these sounds in the jazz literature uh, that you listen to. In fact, the more you practice, the more you discover, learn, and play these sounds, you will begin hearing them and recognizing them in the literature you listen to. You can't help but to hear it. It's all over the place. So now, let's take a look at our C dominant 7, flat 9, flat 13. So again, we're going to use a polychord approach. We're going to use a triad 
in our right hand placed over the top of our C dominant chord, our third and seventh of our C dominant. So we're gonna use a C sharp minor triad in our right hand. C sharp, E, G sharp. And in our left hand, we're gonna place the third and seventh of our C dominant again, our E and B flat. And now put the C sharp minor triad on top. We now have a C7, flat 9, flat 13. Let me play the C, the root, in the bass again. Beautiful. It's one of my all-time favorite sounds. Now we're going to invert that triad. One more time. C sharp minor in root position. C sharp minor in first inversion, and now C sharp minor in second inversion. And I've also inverted the third and the seventh in my left hand to now have my B flat on bottom and my E following that. So here we go again, all three. Okay, so now Let's bring in our ensemble, place this beautiful C7 flat 9 flat 13 sound into a musical context, and let's take a listen. Beautiful. See what I mean, right? Just when you think the C7 sharp 11 is your favorite, then all of a sudden you think the C7 flat 13 is your favorite. Then you hear the flat 9 flat 13, you go, no, man, that's my favorite. I love that. They're all great. All of these ultrasounds are just gorgeous and just sound fantastic when placed in a musical context, when placed within a song. Now we get to the fully altered dominant. And we have several voicings to explore when it comes to the fully altered dominant chord. Because we're dealing with flat nines, sharp nines, flat five, and sharp fives. So we have several options. And those options are four. Here are the four options. Option one, we can have a C7 with a flat five, I'm sorry, a C7 with a flat nine and a sharp five. We can have a C7 with a sharp nine and a flat five. We can have a C7 with a flat nine, flat five. And we can have a C7 with a sharp nine, sharp five. Right? That might be a little confusing when I just went through that list. But basically, we're just looking at the different combinations of, of, of altered nines and altered fives together. So once again, we have four options. Flat nine, sharp five, sharp nine, flat five, flat nine, flat five, and sharp nine, sharp five. So our first fully altered sound, 
C7 flat 9 sharp 5. Now, this is interesting because in order to play a C7 flat 9 sharp 5, we are going to use our C sharp minor triad again. So we're going to put C sharp minor in our right hand and our E in third, uh, E and B flat, or our third and seventh of C dominant in our left hand. And we have a C7 flat 9 sharp 5. Here it is with C in the bass. Beautiful. So you might be saying to yourself right now, wait a minute, didn't we just do C sharp minor over C dominant to get a flat 9, flat 13? And the answer to that question is yes, we certainly did. We used a C sharp minor to play a flat 9, flat 13, which is also the same as C7 flat 9 sharp 5. In other words, the flat 13 and the sharp 5 are exactly the same alteration. Flat 13, A flat, sharp 5, G sharp. G sharp, A flat, same alteration. So if you happen to be playing a piece of music and it calls for C7 flat 9, flat 13, play your C sharp minor over C7, you're, you're in good shape. Likewise, if you're playing a piece of music and it calls for a C, uh, a C dominant 7, flat 9, sharp 5, C sharp minor again is utilized over your C7 and you're in good shape. So let's move on to option two. C7, sharp 9, flat 5. So once again, we're gonna use a polychord approach. We're gonna play two in our left, three in our right. The triad that we're gonna use in our right hand is gonna be an E flat minor triad. We're gonna put our C dominant in the left hand, the third and seventh of our C dominant, our E and B flat. We're gonna play the left hand and right hand together, two in the left, three in the right. Here's what we get. What a sound. Put C in the bass. is a C7 sharp 9 flat 5 and like we did with the other voicings we can invert that triad to create some beautiful options E flat minor in root position here's E flat minor inverted first inversion and E flat minor in second inversion let me put C in the bass So let's bring our ensemble back in. Let's place this C7 sharp nine flat five into a musical context and let's see how we like it. Here we go.
let me guess. That's now your favorite. C7, sharp nine, flat five. Can't argue with you. It's beautiful. I love it. The next fully altered dominant sound. Again, we're going to stay true to our formula. Three in the right hand, two in the left, three in the right. We're going to use a polychord approach. We're going to put a G flat major in our right hand. We're going to put our C7 in our left hand, the third and the seventh, E and B flat. Play them together. And now we have a C7 flat nine, flat five. Let me put C in the bass. Wow. Let me invert that triad. flat major inverted I'm starting with D flat in the right hand and my thumb and then G flat B flat nice and tight beautiful sound go through my inversions great sound so now let's bring our ensemble back in and take a listen to C7 flat nine, flat five in a musical setting. And let's see how we like this one. Here we go. to beat another beautiful fully altered dominant sound. Now let's get to our last fully altered sound. Our C7 sharp 9 sharp 5. Once again we're going to stay true to our formula. Two in the left, three in the right. We're going to use a polychord approach. We're going to use a triad in our right hand. We're going to use an A flat major triad in our right hand a flat, C, E flat. And we're gonna put our C7 in the left hand, uh, our third and seventh, our C and B flat. Let me put C down in the bass. What a sound. Let me invert that A flat. So I've got my thumb, I got E flat in my thumb on my thumb. A flat, C. through the inverted shapes. Beautiful. Nice bite to it. I really enjoy that altered sound. So now let's bring the ensemble back in. We're going to play 2-5-1, uh, 2 chord, G minor, 5 chord, our altered C dominant, sharp 9, sharp 5. Resolving to the one chord. Two, five, one, altered C dominant seven, sharp nine, sharp five. 
Let's take a listen and see how we like it. Absolutely love that sound. Hard to pick your favorite, right? They're all very good. Let me just take a second and go through each one. Um, again, we have our pure dominant. We have our C dominant sharp 11. C dominant flat 13. We have our C dominant flat 9 flat 13. which is also our C dominant fully altered flat nine sharp five sound. We also have a C dominant sharp nine sh uh, flat five. C dominant seven, flat nine, flat five. And C dominant, sharp nine, sharp five. Great sounds, all of them, fantastic sounds. I want to stress again uh, that we are playing two notes in the left hand, three notes in the right hand. This is how I voice, use both hands to voice these sounds. Now, someone else might have a different approach, and that's totally fine. Uh, but for me, when I started studying voicings, it didn't take me very long to figure out that I have to have some kind of formulaic way to think about voicings that becomes universal, that I can utilize that formula across all sounds, major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and diminished. And in doing so, now voicings, the study of voicings becomes manageable. Without it being manageable, 
it becomes, like I said earlier, like fishing line where it just gets tangled up. There becomes all these possibilities, all these different configurations and arrangements that, and uh, structures that people come up with. And it can be overbearing. It can be way too much. So uh, keep in mind, this is how I approach voicing the chords. This is my way of keeping things organized and manageable. All my voicings, two in the left, three in the right. Someone else may have a different approach, and that is quite all right. So this podcast wouldn't be complete without me, uh, again, stressing the importance of paper practice. Again, thinking through these voicings, mapping them out. You now have the formula. You now understand how to build and construct these altered dominant voicings. It's time to spend some time at the kitchen table, pad of paper and pencil, and start mapping these out, thinking through these voicing structures, not just for the C family, but for F and B flat and E flat and so on. Again, conceptual understanding drives physical development. If it's confusing, if it's cloudy, if it's foggy, upstairs, there's no chance of it developing downstairs, right? If you don't understand it mentally, there's no way you're going to develop the concept physically. So get comfy, get a big tall glass of iced tea, sit at the kitchen table and uh, do some thinking and mapping these voicings out on paper. You will be glad that you did. That will be the best practice time that you spend. After you've got them mapped out, after you understand them conceptually, uh, take your handiwork and go to the keys, go to the piano, uh, practice these sounds, place them in a musical context as I did in this podcast. Use um, various uh, uh, software applications or programs to develop play-along tracks that you can place um, behind the voicings so that you can hear and practice these sounds in, in a real musical setting. Explore various temples as always, right? Um, and also explore various uh, genres, various grooves. The more ways that you can look at and experience the data, the better. Your musicianship will grow immensely. I also want to take time to mention the educational guide, the podcast guide that I put together, uh, not only for this podcast, but for all my podcasts. Uh, the educational guide uh, literally illustrates uh, musical notation, all the voicings that I just discussed um, for all 12 keys. So it's a great resource, a great reference for you to use while you're doing your paper practice to double check your work, to make sure that you're mapping out the voicings correctly. You may or may not need this, but it certainly is available if you find or think that it may be beneficial for you. Certainly worth having in your educational library for sure. And you can get access to this guide, download this guide uh, at the jazzpianoskills.com website. So go to jazzpianoskills.com, click on the podcast link, and you'll find it there on that page. So check it out. It uh, will be a, a wonderful resource for you to have at your side as you're mapping out and as you're practicing these voicings. I hope you have found this 
Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson on altered dominant voicings to be beneficial. If you want to study voicings extensively, I encourage you to check out my Jazz Piano Skills curriculum at jazzpianoskills.com. My courses are packed with comprehensive lessons that explore essential jazz piano skills. And each lesson in each course contain detailed instruction and illustrations, in-depth educational talks, interactive learning media, traditional guides and worksheets, high-definition video demonstrations in all 12 keys so that you can see uh, my hands, you can see the fingerings that I utilize. Uh, there's play-along tracks and lead sheets as well. Uh, professional and personal education support is also available through all of my courses and lessons. And also uh, easy access, mobile access to all of my courses and lessons from any of your smart devices. So uh, check it out at jazzpianoskills.com. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy your journey. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.